ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Tuesday, March 3rd. As always, my name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is Javapeno. And if you feel so inclined, hit me up on there with any questions you might have, and I'll do my very best to answer them here on the show. I'm actually planning on doing a, a mailbag soon, and I'm actually going to have at the end of the podcast a different a prompt, maybe, a suggestion prompt for you guys. I think that would be fun, and I want to hear your thoughts on that, so stay tuned to the end of the show for that. And on today's show, we're just going to be talking about today's game. Or I should say yesterday's game, my mistake, recording this late at night on a Monday because I have work tomorrow and I won't be able to record as easily as I usually am. And I want to make sure that the podcast is on time. So we're going to talk about yesterday's game, just some of my observations there. And then we're going to talk about three three storylines, three fun little around the league storylines that I noticed yesterday. Some general baseball news that I thought was was really interesting and in some ways just kind of, just kind of quirky and fun. So I thought that'd be an interesting thing to do, so... That'll be the second half of the podcast. But first, let's talk about today's game. The Padres won yesterday 3-1 against the White Sox. It actually brought their record to 8-1 on the spring, which, of course, like I've said before, does not matter. Do not take the Padres being 8-1 as a sign of anything. Unless you want to. I mean, you could pretend. You could pretend that this is all just building good mojo for the season. That's fine if you want to delude yourself into that. I, I understand it, and I respect it, actually. But today was actually interesting because... It was a game where it featured a lot of position battles. There weren't a lot of surefire stars, no Tatis, no no Hosmer, no Machado, no no Grisham, no no guys like that. Instead, we got a lot of position battles, aside from the starting pitcher, which was the Sheriff. The Sheriff, Mr. Chris Paddock, and his oh-so-illustrious hair, he went three scoreless innings, and I noticed that he, I was looking at some numbers and just some, some tweets I saw and whatnot, that apparently he was working on his curveball today which is because he wants to add another pitch to his already outstanding two-pitch repertoire, make him more dynamic of a pitcher, more well-rounded. A curveball would be nice. His changeup's already great, too. And, hey, another pitcher who's working on another pitch is Denelson Lamette, who's working on a changeup of his own. And this is what spring training is all about. It's about guys figuring out different things and seeing what works and yeah you're not showing necessarily your best but you're definitely testing things out it's just a good training ground for things which is why of course spring training is not a good reason to start judging whether or not guys are going to be good or not this year it's just not it's been proven to be flawed let's put to put it simply otherwise though like seeing paddock out there today for the time that i did get to see him him and his lion tattoo and illustrious hair like i said really fun his curveball wasn't great he did get kind of hit on it, um, gave up a couple hits and a walk. It wasn't great, but again, like I said, he's just testing it out. So we'll see how, if he incorporates that into his repertoire in the regular season. But for now, Chris Paddock, we know who he is. He's great. He's fantastic. Outpitched Dallas Keuchel today, who, amazing to see, to, to just look back and remember Dallas Keuchel. I mean, this is a guy who won a Cy Young Award in 2015. And I think that Dallas Keuchel was actually a solid pickup for the White Sox. I think that people are kind of underestimating him a bit. He's 32, which isn't old per se, but certainly not young. He's definitely getting up there, but he's he's still worth something. And I think that he's had a couple seasons. I mean, just look back in 2017 when his ERA was 2.9. I mean, that's still good. And yes, he he's kind of regressed in every way after that. But 
I just think that he's definitely a pitcher who can provide you some innings and be a solid part of your rotation. And I think that people shouldn't discount him too much, even if he did get beat a little bit today. There's one person that he got beat by to talk about the position players and the batters today was Mr. Brian Dozier, who drove in a run, which was fantastic to see, of course. We also got a lot of other guys that were in the lineup. Just everybody got a, got a ride today. Abraham Almonte got a look in left field. Two hits, a walk, and a stolen base, among other things, which is a nice little stat line for him. Greg Garcia played third. Like I mentioned, Dozier had the DH spot. Taylor Chamel got a little second in right field, who is a prospect that I'm somewhat high on. I think that he could be potentially really interesting in the future. And while I don't think he'll be anything interesting his first year, I do think that He's a potential, I guess, maybe, I don't want to even say pie-in-the-sky solution because we definitely have him, but he's definitely that guy that, man, if we could get something out of him immediately, that'd be great. But, of course, don't want to rush him, don't want to assume anything like that. But Taylor Chamel, keeping an eye on him, he's probably out of the, if I was doing a top 10 of, like, spring training players that I'm most interested in, he's definitely in that, like, top four range. Juan Ligares got some time in center field, promptly, as usual, looking a little meh at the plate. But still, he's one of those guys who I might have overestimated personally. I mean, I think that's what happens when a fan base gets desperate. You know what I mean? You start justifying, oh man, we got we got Juan Ligares for like a million bucks for a minor league deal. He's going to solve our center field thing. You know, yeah, he can't hit, but he can play defense and that's all that matters. And look at us. We did something really smart. When you're so desperate, you start talking yourself into things. And Juan Ligares is, while I still think an adequate center fielder, he looked all right. He's definitely not going to do any justice at the plate. Or at least he's most, most, most definitely unlikely, extremely unlikely to do so. But those were just a couple of position players that I noticed today. It's still just spring training. Tomorrow they play Milwaukee, or I should say today they play Milwaukee, a game that I won't be able to follow, actually. I won't be able to follow it live, so hopefully tomorrow I tomorrow I am able to recap it in a decent fashion I'll try and look up the game and see what happens but otherwise that's basically what happened with today guys what can I say not too much Padres news to go over if you guys want to have more of an in-depth breakdown of spring training and just the prospects that we're looking forward to the most or that we're expecting to do the best definitely check out my interview with Jake Mastriani of Friars on Base that went live on Friday really fun to talk to him about it and spring training guys let's not freak out still just the beginning we got plenty of ball to go but now we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we've got three storylines, three little tidbits I want to include in the pod to just rife on a little bit. One, because I'm low on content, don't really know what else to talk about, and two, because they were just fun. So stay tuned for that, guys. Listen to the Lockdown Padres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And ayo, daddy-o, we are back here on the Lockdown Padres podcast after a quick break. Talked about the position battle game that happens yesterday Brian Dozier getting his RBI the sheriff looking as dominant as he always is excited to see where it takes us excited to see who ends up getting that second base job whether or not Profar who had that whole kind of weird rumblings over the weekend he actually hit a home run a couple days ago that was really interesting to see Right when you guys, right when I posted the podcast, actually, I remember I was editing it. Right when I was, was that Jerickson profile hit a home run, so I was like, "All right, great." You know, it makes my kind of point about his bat and everything, and the worries about him. Now everyone's gonna say, "Oh no, there's no problems with it." But whatever. Moving on. Today I've got like a little, 
a bunch of three stories to talk about. I guess you could call it an, uh, an amalgamation of, of lit. That's a really odd way to, to put it, I know. A really cheesy way to put it. I just thought of that right now. But you know what? I'm a fan of it. I like that. An amalgamation of lit. I'm coining that term. Let's get into it, guys. First off, I saw a tweet from Mr. Jeff Passan about Jose Bautista. And he said, I've seen video of Jose Bautista throwing a bullpen session. Couldn't tell the velocity, but one source said that he ran his fastball up to 94. His slider had legitimate tilt, threw a short one and a bigger bender. At Marcus Stroman said in January he could pitch in a big league bullpen. So yeah, Jose Bautista the reliever, I'm in. Why not? I'm not saying for the Padres. The Padres certainly do not need a reliever with the whole Emilio Pagan, Andrew Pomeranz, and Kirby Yates, that dynamic trio of Padres arms. But I have to admit, this would be a fun story to follow. And Jose Bautista, who I'm a big fan of, and I still, to this day, when I think of images that I'll never forget, you know, images that I really feel like are the perfect summation for how fun baseball can be, that's Jose Bautista's bat flip against the Rangers, that incredible clutch home run moment that he had. That game, one of the most exciting, one of the most electric, just insane games that I've ever seen. And of course, the Rangers, I hate. Not a big fan of Runetto Dor for how he took that and ended up punching the guy, of course, months later as sort of revenge because, like I said, God forbid you flip a bat and make the game at all personable or exciting, as I ranted about yesterday. I remember I actually talked about this early on another episode of the podcast where I was like, hey, my dad, bless him, he told me one time, he was like, hey, I remember, I can remember the Jose Bautista bat flip where I remember who's won the World Series. Like, guys, people want personality like this in the game. And I was always grateful for Jose Bautista kind of being part of that. And he was a, he was a great player. I love seeing his extreme pull swing. I miss, I miss the guy. And if he comes back and somehow becomes like a, a reliever, wow. You know, that would be an incredible story to watch. And the Padres know a little bit about, I guess Padres fans know a little bit about two-way position players with Jake Cronenworth, who has been a pitcher before and is most likely to be a hitter. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's how they're going to use him. But interesting stuff always to see. That story I'm going to be following closely, probably more closely than it deserves. But nonetheless, it's interesting and it's fun. And speaking of fun, if you guys, I don't know if you guys saw, my second point I wanted to bring up is Mike Trout had this golf swing video. That kind of went viral. It was You could check it out on the Angel social media account or just any highlights Twitter account. And it was awesome. He was just messing around. They were teeing off and took his golf club and smacked that thing all the way to, to, to Planet Arrakis of, of, of the Dune book. It's a terrible reference. Timely, perhaps, because that trailer and that movie is probably going to be talked about more and more as the year goes on. But he absolutely killed the ball. It was really fun to see. And I think it says a lot. I saw someone say this on Twitter. I think it says a lot that that's probably the most viral talked about clip of Mike Trout. Maybe maybe not necessarily of Mike Trout in general, but maybe just in terms of an off-the-field clip and a fact that he wasn't even playing baseball. It just says a lot about where the game is in terms of relevancy and in terms of how people talk about it. People just want to see personality. They're so desperate to see anything. And this isn't a shot at Trout, by the way. Mike Trout can do whatever he wants. I wasn't a fan of when Rob Manfred a couple years ago kind of took a shot at him and was saying, hey, this guy needs to be more of a personality. It's like, no, 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 he actually can do whatever he wants. 
you know, it's him, it's his life. It's not his fault. You know, you guys got to market him better. And you can also fix things by letting people not get hit. Like the aforementioned Baptista, just because they flip a bat, you could solve that. Mr. Manfred, not hard. Hey, remember when Hunter Strickland hit Bryce Harper a couple years ago? Because it was out of revenge, apparently, for Harper hitting a home run against him in the playoffs three years before that. Yeah, I got an idea. Suspend that guy for like 60 freaking games. Enough. If even Buster Posey, his catcher, isn't going to support him in a situation like that, you know it's bad. Lay off. This is ridiculous. But anyway, back to what I was saying. Mike Trout, superhero in a lot of ways. I know I've been mentioning Mike Brian Dozier as the superhero, but this guy, Mike Trout, man. Oh my gosh. It was it was really a delight. And it was a delight to see everybody kind of universally, no matter what form of Twitter you're on, no matter what internet you're on, no matter what sphere or bubble you were part of, everyone was kind of talking about this video. It was a lot of fun to see. So that was my second thing. Third thing is they actually mic'd up some players. Speaking of finding ways to make the game personable and us desperately needing personality in the game, Anthony Rizzo and and Chris Bryant of the Chicago Cubs were actually mic'd up yesterday and had a couple of really fun moments. Chris Bryant thought he he hit the ball and he's going, he's like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. And it went foul. And then he's like, ah, and then he walked away. He's like, ah, I thought I had it. I'm so tired. (laughs) And it was just really fun to see. Like I said, it's, that was a mood though. Seeing Chris Bryant say he was tired. I remember when I would hit a double or whatever in little league and whenever I played just a tiny bit in high school or whatever, when I was at that, that period in my life, I would be exhausted if I was running to second base. I'd be like, oh my God. So I can only imagine if I'm running thinking I'm going to get a double and then turning around and being like, nope, it's the worst. It's the worst when I'm playing MLB The Show and I realize it's a foul ball. You know, that's that's the worst too. So I can only feel it. You know, Bryant's actually had a couple trade rumors that I don't think are really true. I think Chris Bryant's way too young. They own, they're going to control him for a long time. I think those rumors are kind of based in the idea that the Padres, I'm, I'm sorry, not the Padres, that the the Cubs might want to blow it up again, but I highly doubt that. So that would be super surprising. Bryant and Rizzo are just going to be their guys for a long time. Almost similar to uh, that, like that Warriors thing with Clay and Steph. Like no matter what, those guys are staying together. Like those are just going to be their guys for a long time. It would surprise me if they don't re-sign Chris Bryant whenever the time comes and give a big contract because he's still good. He's not top five or even top 10 good, but he's like a top 25, top 30 type of good in terms of overall players in the league. Like, he's still very good. He started off a little shaky last year, but he ended up finishing strong. And the other one, Mr. Anthony Rizzo, had a really fun moment where he was predicting, he was trying to predict the next pitch that was going to be thrown, and he was he was talking to us on the mic, and they're asking him, like, oh, what do you think's going to happen here? He's like, I think it's going to be, I'm, I'm doing some math in my head, someone bang for me, referencing, of course, the Houston Astros and their trash can scandal. And I thought that was really amusing and fun. More players take note. Please do this. Please keep ripping on the Astros. It's a lot of fun to watch. And this was great. And what's funny is Anthony Rizzo actually had a hit after this. (laughs) He actually got on base. And he was running towards second for a second. He's like, I'm about to take this too. I'm about to take this too. It's just a small thing like that that I think would make the game a lot more fun. Now, granted, I understand there being more fun. I know Mookie Betts had this moment in spring training last year where he was going after ball. I forgot what he said exactly, but it was really amusing. Just seeing guys have a little bit of personality. And like I said, I, I really think baseball players do have a personality. That's just not always on display. And that's unfortunate for the game and for sports in general. I'd still really like it maybe in the dugout. Just anything. Anything to make us feel like these guys are more personable than that. Like I said yesterday, just stats on a spreadsheet. But until then, we'll have to see. Anthony Rizzo, you are 
my winner of the day. Congratulations to you. And Chris Bryant, too, who was just a mood. And that's it, guys, for my amalgamation of lit. <laughs> I wonder if I should make that a segment whenever I talk about just random fun little stories and moments on Twitter or whatever. Maybe that should maybe, maybe that's what I'll call it. I'll, I'll call it the amalgamation of lit segment. So that's it for today, guys, though, for the podcast. I actually want to end, by the way, before I get going, before I forget, I mentioned how trying to work a mailbag, trying to have you guys send in a flux of questions. And my question is for this for you guys is this. What do you think is the best baseball movie? And I know that's more pop culture than baseball, but I wanted to hear what your guys' thoughts are. Some people are Bull Durham. I know Mr. Sully (laughs) of the Locked On MLB podcast. I saw he has his own Bull Durham podcast, so I'm assuming that's where his allegiance is to in terms of the great baseball movie war. But I'm wondering, is it Moneyball? Moneyball is my personal pick which is a movie that looking back, it's kind of amazing that it had Chris Pratt in it when even though before he was a star and some people, hey, maybe 61 is a sleeper, maybe Major League, maybe A League of Their Own, which I think is definitely in the running. Or perhaps you want to throw in The Natural, which is a movie that doesn't age perfectly, but it's it's very interesting. And there's also movies like Field of Dreams, which maybe I don't think is my personal best pick but I definitely think it is my most memorable moment a moment that when I watched it for the first time I was just in tears the dad you want to play catch scene of course I mean just just absolutely just tear jerking guys I'm, I'm, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it just a beautiful beautiful ending so I'm wondering what do you guys think is the best baseball movie hit me up on the old inbox or anything and and let me know because I kind of want to maybe when I'm starved for content if you couldn't guys couldn't tell by today's episode if i'm starved for content a little bit maybe i want to talk about best baseball movie i think that'd be a fun conversation maybe you haven't have a guest on to talk about who feels as passionately about baseball movies or sports sports movies in general hit me up on on questions of that what you think the best sports movie in general is i'd love to hear your thoughts on that as well but try to keep it baseball for now i think that's what the question we're gonna go to i think that'd be a lot of fun but anyways guys that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves, still making that joke. Remember to subscribe to the pod wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. Ask me any questions, have any comments or concerns. Get back to me on that baseball movie question if you wouldn't mind. That'd be fun. I want to hear from you guys and hear your thoughts. But until next time, stay faithful, my Friar Faithful homies, and take care.